Trigger warning, Death and Friends is not a podcast for the light of heart. Many dark and serious subjects will come up. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, my dude, what's going on? Been a while, been a while. Yeah, sorry, I I was sick. I was sick. You, you good now? You okay? Yeah, 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 sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Uh, so you ready to go with this? Ready to start this thing? With you ready this, to do this thing? Uh, with, with, with what? The, with what? The podcast. There's a microphone oh, in, the, in front of yes, you. Yes, the, the podcast. You don't see yes, them right outside. Yes, with the, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, wh- wh- which one again? I'm sorry? Sorry, I'm what? just, I'm like, you know, I'm sick. I'm just like getting back into things. Which, which pod? Death which and pod? Friends. Oh. Your podcast. Of course. The one you host. Dude, are you okay? Yeah, Death and Friends. Of course I'm okay. I'm Nashville. What? God damn it. What? What's up, Angel? <clears throat> I think we have a five eggplant problem, Dom. What, what What? does that mean? I fucking knew it. Jake! It's an Avril Lavigne situation. Get the gear. It's a five eggplant problem. I'd like to just go on record and say, like, I'm not sure I care no, about... No, I, I don't really think it's that big of a deal. As well, kind of thing. Like, you've got to do what you got to do, because you're, you're like, the I'm producer. Sure I care you're the producer. About. You're the producer, and I'm the one who has to edit all this. So that's... Um, it's on you. It is on you. You know? Guys? Guys? Come back, skeleton army. It's me, Angel. And that changeling pretending to be Nash is Nash. Oh, wait. Hell yeah, I am. Oh, shit. Yeah. All right, just just paint the picture, you demonic imp. I'm happy to. Today's creature feature is brought to you by LifeLock, a company that helps prevent identity theft. No, it isn't. Well, if we had sponsors, then it... Fine. Fine. It's 1895. And we're in Bollyvodlia, County Tipperary, which is in Southern Ireland. It's the 22nd of March, and a local woman called Bridget Cleary has been missing for a week. She's been quite ill over the last month, with a bad case of maybe bronchitis, maybe tuberculosis, maybe who knows, maybe go fuck yourself. Maybe go fuck yourself. (laughs) Maybe go fuck yourself. She was so sick, a priest was called to her and her husband's home on the 13th of March to perform the last rites. Did you say... Husband? Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> so it seems that Bridget has been murdered. How, how do you know that? <laughs> it's always the husband. Okay, fair play. But we don't even know she's dead. Oh, I, I know she's dead. I mean, <laughs> she's, no, I know she was she's sick so and a priest was called and everything. But... No, no, no. Nash, Yeah. need you to pay attention here. Uh-huh. I'm not guessing. I mean, I know she's dead. How? If you look down, you notice. Because whatever's left of her is literally oh. at your feet oh. in the grave. Oh, right oh, now. my God. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 yeah. Baby girl's been burned all the way up. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, my God. All the way up. 
Yeah. So you see what I mean now? Because bronchitis, last time I checked. Yeah. You know, usually. And I say usually because, hey, don't tempt fate or nothing. But bronchitis usually does not light you on fire and bury you in a shallow grave near a bog with a bag over your head where two podcast hosts can kind of magically just stand here. If it did, though, hear me out. If it did do that, that would make a pretty incredible medical fax. Dom, no, 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 it would. I hear you. I like the energy. It does not, though. Let's not. Don't hit the button, Dom. You could send Amy home now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's let's back up a bit. Sure. When are we talking? No, no, no. I mean, like, physically? Like, a lot physically. Oh, literally. Like, basically away from this crime scene, you know? Right. Yeah. I just got these trucks, too. But let's also go back and delve a little into Irish folklore history. Wait. Hang on. Why? Why is that the important takeaway here? Well... Because Bridget Cleary was murdered by fairies. Oh, cool. Cool, 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 cool. So you have the fever that's also going around. All right. That's a good time. Yeah. And the only cure is less cowbell to the tune of none. But seriously, to explain exactly how Bridget got to where she is right now, we're going to have to do a little deep dive into ancient Irish folklore. And brace yourself, because it's long-winded as fuck. Well, yeah, Nash wrote this episode. Yeah. So. Bet you saw the title of this episode and we're like, hey, how are they going to make an entire episode about fairies? Hold on to your butts. That's how. Holding. Oh, is that uncomfortable? <laughs> fairies, to put it mildly, are old as shit. In Irish folklore, though, I should probably be more correct here, actually, and say Celtic folklore, because Scotland's also involved. Just not with this particular shit. So it's Focus. like... Focus. Hey, hey, oh, hey, sorry, hey. sorry. Focus. Right. So in Celtic folklore, the fairies are descended of a god-tier pantheon who presided over Gaelic Ireland in the cool times before Christianity. They were called the Tuatha Dé Danann. The Tuatha Dé have god powers and shit, but generally, it's agreed that they're pretty neutral in terms of being good or evil. Ah, yes, the Tuatha Dé, the Switzerland of ancient religious figures. They chill in between the human world and the other world, and they occasionally interact with people, which sounds exactly like my ideal social situation if I ever become a god. Yeah, uh, Nash, I'm just going to stop you there. I don't I don't think you're going to be as neutral in your powers as the Tua De. Ah, uh, Tua De's nuts. CBS bangers! It would take us the entire rest of the episode to explain the Tua De in the detail that they deserve. So we aren't going to do that, even though I really, really, really want to. Well, nobody else really... Really, really wants you to. So. Mm, I know. Irish folklore is all over the place in the origin of fairies, but there's pretty much two major accepted paths. The first is that the fairies arrive as the descendants of the Tuatha The mythology imply that the fairies called the Ishi in Irish get to Ireland and are like, Hey, you know this place? It's pretty great. Look at this. It's so green. Tons of space. Man, look at that green, though. It's fucking it's a great idea. Come on. Hey, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. The second is the fairies are descended from fallen angels, and they're basically trapped on Earth because they aren't technically good enough for heaven, but they're not bad enough for hell. Did I, did I make the Switzerland joke? Yes. Did I? Mm-hmm. Did, yeah. did, you, did you hear about this? Yes. <laughs> Switzerland. Either way, the fairies decide Ireland. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. 
pretty good. And they put their little fairy bags down and get to building some homes, some houses. And by houses and homes, we mean Ibi Wheelo Fairy Mounds. Little forts. Little Polly Pocket, little G.I. Joe scale. The forts still exist all over Ireland today, numbering in the thousands, and some date back to ye old BCE. In Irish, they're called the Duoinishi, sometimes shortened to the she, sometimes inaccurately translated to mean both the mound and the fairies themselves. But to be clear, she are the mounds, east she are the fairies. Confused yet? One of the cool things about fairies, like Switzerland, is they're all like super territorial. Like basically don't even, don't even think about going near their house until you want to get your shit fucked. Irish folklore is full of stories about fairies in their ring forts defending their shit with shenanigans, which actually explains a lot of Irish history. But one of the other things that everybody knows about fairies is sometimes they steal children and or women, keep them in the fort, and send one of the fairies out to replace them as a changeling. What? Uh, <clears throat> no, everyone does not know this, Nash. Well, what, what, the, what the fuck? Well, they know it now. I yeah, can't argue with results. <laughs> okay, first of all, I can and I have. And secondly, what what in the shit is a changeling, and how do I sign up for this service? Is there like, a, is it on Etsy? Is it... it seems pretty involuntary, unfortunately. But to answer the first part of your question, let's head back to our girl Bridget. Yeah, yeah, over yeah in the gr- Bridget Cleary, the girl whose oh, body. Yeah, right. She's yeah. right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. whose body we found. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Right, Bridget. Yeah. Right. Why? Why are we back over here? Well, I mean, because look at like because she was murdered. Oh, right. That's Bridget's murder. Yeah. The murder of Bridget's. Mm-hmm. The murder that was done specifically of Bridget. To Bridget. Yep, for sure. Before she's murdered, though, Bridget gets sick. It's a super bummer of a cold, and the doctor visits a few times, but it's nothing incredibly serious. Well, maybe. First, let's meet the cast, shall we? Bridget Cleary, who was born Bridget Bolin, is born in 1869. Nice. She lives her whole life in Ballyvadley, Ireland, which is basically as exciting as it sounds. Woo! By all accounts, she's pretty, and she's got a sick-ass sewing machine and some of those sweet, sweet dressmaking skills. Take your shirt off! So she's a cast for, like, you know, the four dudes that live in town. Bridget meets Michael Cleary in the neighboring big league town of Clonmel, Ireland, Woo! which is basically County Tipperary's New York City, baby. Hey, how you doing? He's a cooper. She's a seamstress. And you know how it goes with those folks. Quick question. What the fuck is a cooper? Oh, he makes like barrels and troughs and shit. And that's good? It's incredibly lucrative. Yes. Oh. Yes. Who knew there was money in Big Trough? Oh, yeah. That's where all the conspiracies are. Big Barrel. (laughs) Anyway, everyone in town is like, what the fuck? Michael is like a decade older than you, babe. And also, by most accounts, Michael is sort of like a sourpuss. And also, also, he lives in Clonmill for work, even after they get married. And Bridget just, like, stays at home with her parents in Bolivaldo. I see. Okay. As you can see here on your medical chart, ma'am, there's red flags everywhere. Uh, All over the place. Just everywhere. Just. Mm. Just. Your body is riddled with red flags. (laughs) uh. (laughs) That's been my problem all along. Other side characters include Bridget's father, Patrick Boland, Bridget's aunt, Mary Kennedy, 
her cousin Joanna Kennedy, as well as three of Joanna's brothers, and John Dunn, a local guy who just... He knows a lot about fairies. Like, nowadays, he'd probably be the dude who's like, he's like, yo, what makes a cleric powerful in Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> he's that guy. Yeah, he is. Other other side characters, I'm sorry, there's there's going to be a lot of them. It's, you should have a pen and paper ready. Yeah. Uh, is Bridget's maybe lover, mm, mm. Jack Dempsey, who is important for like four seconds? Four. <laughs> Am I right, fellas? Whoa! <laughs> Woo! Yes, Pop. And we'll get to that. We'll get to that. And uh, Father Ryan, the local priest. The trouble really starts when Mike decides he misses his wife or something, and he moves to Bolivali to be with her. They buy a house, and that house is, for some reason, built right next to a fairy fort. To be fair, now hang on, the housing market is tricky. Yeah, that's true. Especially here, because every house in the town is near a fairy fort, because it's, like, small. Well, it's not even the only fairy fort in town, and to make matters worse... Bridget sometimes sells eggs in addition to being a seamstress. Why does the sentence sound like... Why? <laughs> why is that? Why like, did you why make it eggs? sound like... That? You make it sound like that's the worst possible Just, thing she could yeah. be doing. <laughs> this fucking bitch selling eggs. <laughs> Only eggs? Okay, this is the second worst joke. I can't do brand jokes. <clears throat> oh, man. Okay. Ah, yes, eggs. The natural side hustle yeah. of the determined seamstress. And her route to take eggs to her neighbor takes her right past another fairy fort. Oh, I, I get it. Now that was the ma- make matters worst part. I made, I made my way. She hangs out there for a bit for reasons she can't tell us anymore, but it's a few hours that she's just waiting for one of her customers to get home. Anyway, all this is to say that March 1895 is very cold, and Bridget, now 26, finds herself under the weather as the month begins. And everyone is sounds like, oh no, oh shit, oh Bridget is sick. Oh, and so they all drop in to see her, because this is like before COVID, mm. when we all could just... Just breathe all our germs all over each other like a bunch of gremlins. Yeah, just open mouth coughing into each other's mouths. <laughs> that's what the custom was, you know, locally. Yeah, that's. I think um, that's just science, I think. that's. It's just, actually history, you know, we have it all written. Yeah, because that's what we do here. We're very accurate about history. Nothing we say is inaccurate, you know? <laughs> I've never... At top of the morning to you. <clears throat> yeah, that's how it was. I've never once told an inaccuracy on anything ever in my life. Never. Mm-mm. Nope. Mm-hmm. I can put that in my Wikipedia page. Humanity continues to learn nothing from the plague days and other stories. Just as an aside, briefly after Bridget hangs out near the fairy fort in the middle of the woods for two hours with seemingly no purpose, a dude whose house is conveniently near that fort, a man called Jack Dempsey, slits his own throat for reasons that are unclear. Jesus Christ, Nash. Look, look. Maybe they weren't having an affair, or maybe they were, or maybe they were just two people who sold eggs to make money. What is with the eggs thing? Who's to say? I'm sorry, so so Jack Dempsey was also an egg dealer? Yeah, it's apparently a very lucrative business, in addition to barrel making. Is this is this a euphemism? No, no, I'm pretty sure it's just one of those egg-based economies. Jesus Christ with the eggs. Okay, okay. Uh, anyway, back at Bridget's house a few days and one serious illness later, enter local folk historian and general bummer, John Dunn. Hey, John. He's the guy who knows way, just way too much, just knows way too much about fairies. And he walks in to see Bridget while she's sick and drops in with the very fucking uncool announcement that what he's looking at isn't Bridget at all, but a changeling. Fun facts with Nash. Welcome to the changeling definition of this show, with me, your host, Nash Flynn. 
changelings, as we are using it today, specific to Irish folklore, is the term used to refer to when a fairy swaps places with a human host body. This was particularly common in children and women who were either beautiful or talented or in a state of recent change, like a new wife or mother. There are a few ways to force the fairy out. One was fire, which was commonly believed to work in children, which unfortunately led to quite a few cases of children being burned to death in Irish history. There are a few other ways, including using Christianity to force the fairy out or by use of herbal concoctions, pretty much all of which we'll see in this episode. This concludes the fun facts segment. Back to you in the studio. (laughs) Thanks so much, Nash. All right. And also a quick thanks for nothing, John. Way to be a drama queen, John. Make it all about you. Boo, John. What are you, John? A piece of shit? Bridget gets visited by a medical doctor because... Yes. Unfortunately, that is a distinction we have to make this time around. On March 13th, who prescribes her real medicine? Like actual medicine. You know, probably to... Hang on. Let me check my notes here. Yep. Yep. To cure her Mm -hmm. of her illness. Yeah. But Michael throws... That shit just right out the window. Bye. He's like, oh, thank you, doctor. Yoink. <laughs> because good old John Dunn is like, hey, hey, buddy. Hey, how you doing? Hey, my buddy Dennis Ganey knows about herbs that will make the fairies go away. And wouldn't you know, he's like right over the hill and I can just ask him. <laughs> the medicine prescribed, that's in quotes, by the way, by this guy contains the nine cures and was mixed into milk. Which is gross. Unfortunately, one of those nine cures was foxglove, which if you know anything about that plant, and there's really only one thing you need to know about that plant, it's that it's hella poisonous. Oh, wait. Yeah, no, it doesn't kill her. Oh, good? That's good. I mean, the fire still kills her, though. Right. There's a a fire. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're we're getting there. Right now, it's March 14th, and a local landlord slash nice guy, William Simpson, and his wife go to visit Bridget. Just for a, just a regular old, hey, sorry you're sick, what can we do kind of thing. You know, as your friends do, or they used to at least. Yeah. Just a normal thing people do to make sure germs spread, you know? We have to ensure their survival too. They're at the door when they hear, take that, you bitch, you old faggot, or we will kill you. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That was definitely a choice. Yeah. Oof. It's that good omen shit, I guess. William and his wife get into the cottage, and as he later testifies, they watch as the Kennedy brothers, Bridget's cousins, hold Bridget down on the bed. Michael is forcing her this old milk plus herbs poison cocktail and demanding she tell them who she really is. Okay. When she doesn't comply by admitting that she's a fairy inhabiting a human body, Michael pours a bunch of fresh urine. All right. Provided by her good old Aunt Mary. Onto her. And tries again. Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay, um... Then the boys drag her to the kitchen, plop her in front of the fire, and burn her for a little bit. Jesus Christ. According to Simpson, they bring her back to the bed after that, and then they're done for the night. Just a solid marital burning. (laughs) Joanna and the Kennedy brothers stay overnight and leave in the next morning, March 15th. Whew. All right, everybody. Solid dates work. Hey, thanks for coming. You guys really hustled. Hey, thanks so much, guys. <laughs> All right, make sure to get your timesheets to your managers. Later that same day, Joanna stops back by to see how Bridget is doing. She finds Michael and Bridget locked in a marital dispute for reasons we couldn't even fathom. You tried to burn me alive last night because you think I've been replaced by a fairy. 
you know, did you hear about this? Mm-hmm. The old, you try to burn me alive last night because you think I've been replaced by a fairy. That old chestnut. Oh, yeah, right. I mean. Yeah, the cl- just classic, you know. You don't do the dishes. Yeah. You need to start taking out the trash. You tried to burn me alive last night because you think I was replaced by a fairy. Just, that just classic. <laughs> just shouldn't. It, there was an episode about it on I Love Lucy. It was great. <laughs> Bridget and Michael get to talking about fairies. Bridget's sitting by the fire, so says Joanna, when she turns to Michael and says, Your mother used to go with the fairies. That's why you think I'm going with them, because you have mommy issues. Michael responds to this by trying to get Bridget to eat bread, as one does. The problem is, he wants her to eat the bread dry, Mm. to prove that she's not a fairy. Because that's what people do. They just eat dry-ass bread without any issues. And, of course, she can't get it down. And by the third attempt, she can't even reply, because, holy shit, she's had a fucking night already. So then Michael decides, enough is enough, apparently. And Joanna testifies later that he grabs a poker from the fire, strips Bridget of most of her clothing, you know, he's not a monster, and holds the poker to her mouth. At this point, everybody in the room with the Clearies are like, hey, we're just going to, we're just going to bounce like it's late, you know, which is- We're just going to go. We're going to go. You know. Yeah. We're just going to go. We're going to leave. But Michael is committed now. The priest has been no help and the herbs aren't working. The man just wants his wife back, damn it, which is honestly a bit weird considering the fact that they spent like zero minutes together before this, but whatever. We'll accept it at face value. Yeah, he doesn't love her. He loves the idea of her. Yeah, this is all about Michael. Anyway, he announces that the door is locked from the inside. He is the key and nobody is leaving until this magically gets sorted out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Michael tosses some lamp oil at his wife, like one does, yeah. and her clothes catch fire, naturally. The entire room, being Bridget's father, her aunt, the three Kennedy brothers, and their sister Joanna, watch as Bridget gets engulfed at the torso. The room fills with smoke, and William, the younger brother, gets faint and goes to another room, because he's the one who's suffering. And Mary and Joanna join him, because they're like, this is a lot for me right now. (laughs) Boundaries. This is all a bit much. I just need to... Have a light in. I need some air. But everyone in the house... Here's Michael tell Joanna that he's not, it's not Bridget he's burning. And then after a few moments, everyone hears him screaming that he accidentally burned Bridget alive and quote, God knows I did not mean to do it. To which God quickly replied, bruh, come on. Come on. Really? This was hot right now? Come on, man. A whoopsie. (laughs) Yeah, Michael said, I I did an oops. (laughs) Whoops. I made a (laughs) boo-boo. Uh oh. I made a uh oh. <laughs> God's just like, an uh oh, Michael? Really? Oh. An uh oh. <laughs> I feel bad laughing because that joke is really like about how Bridget got burned alive, you know? Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. quality shit. Michael gets the oldest Kennedy brother, Patrick, to help him bury Bridget in a shallow grave just for like a little bit. Just like hold this for one quick second until she could be buried with her mother. And then. Everyone makes up a story that Bridget ran away in the middle of the night and just, they go home. They, like, just leave and go back to their lives. I just like the idea of, they're like, okay, well, she's in the back now. Um, so she ran away on the 15th, everybody? Everybody cool with that? Um, okay, great. All right. Uh, we'll meet next week Bye. for brunch. See you tomorrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the next day, Michael and John Dunn head to the Catholic Church of Town Over, where our good friend, Father Cornelius Fleming Ryan... What a name. Yeah. The priest that visited Bridget when she was ill was headquartered. To priest's headquarter? 
Yeah, just like supervillains. Oh. Back at the Catholic Church of Town Over. Got it. That tracks. Anyway, the Catholic clergy were in between a rock and a hard place in Ireland in the late 19th century. They didn't want to engage with the local legends of Ireland because it was part of the new release. Now that's paganism, 1895. But they were also generally anti-British and admitting to the Brits that Catholicism maybe couldn't handle the full conversion of local belief systems wasn't something they could do. So enter Father Ryan. Father Ryan has visited Bridget twice now. On March 13th, he performs her last rites, you know, just in case. He's like, I'm just going to do this real quick. Just no, yeah, let's just be, let's just cover our bases. The family calls him again the next day and he's like, guys, I was, I was, I was just there. She's not that sick. And I already did the thing. I did the thing. I already, why, why? He gets called back again on March 15th and basically walks into the house with his blinders on. So as not to see any pagany business, if you know what I mean. (laughs) I don't. Neither do I. But he does ask Michael why they didn't use the doctor's medicine. To which Michael replies, I have no faith in it. Father Ryan is like, you, you want to try, though? <laughs> Maybe. To which Michael says, people may have some remedy of their own. Somehow, none of this makes Father Ryan at all concerned. But when Michael at all visit him at his church, he's like, ruh-roh, shaggy. To be completely fair, Michael is a mess at the stage. He's inside the church, and he's like, I, I gotta confess this crime, man. I gotta, I'm, I'm messed up. Uh, oof. Father Ryan may be a lot of things, and one of those things is Teflon, because he convinces Michael, he convinces Michael not to confess, because he's acting like a crazy person. He also convinces him to go outside into the churchyard to talk. This way, Father Ryan technically can't say anything pagan happened inside the church. Right. Gotta love religious types, and they're technically I didn't do the thing. They get real creative with that. (laughs) Looking at you, Mormons. Outside, Dunn is like... This dude killed his wife. And Michael, even though he's crying and sad and shit, he's like, hey, we all we all killed my wife. Hang on. Hang on, everybody. We all of us did it. We were all there. Like, the thing is like, yeah, Michael got drunk. Well, we were all drunk. We were Let's all be. drunk. He's doing that fucking frat boy bullshit. The whole point of this visit seems to be so that Michael can get Bridget a proper Christian burial. But Father Ryan is like, hey, man, sure, but I'm just going to deny this chat ever happened. Just so you already know that everyone is still spreading the story that bridget is missing you know gotta love those communal lies but father ryan gives the police a little heads up that maybe it's a bit more sinister than that though he can't say more on march 16th local police start trying to find her mainly in the form of constable patrick egan egan follows michael and his companions back from the church stalks stalking Mm. stalking it's probably the better verb. For well, that. okay. Normally, I'd agree with you, but Michael, he did set his wife on fire. So I think it's probably okay policing at this stage, you know? You know what? Yeah. Fair. Mm-hmm. Fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he sounds the alarm for his men to start searching for Bridget and or her body. Don't really know how you do and. Well, I guess they'd be in the same place. He follows Michael home and does a quick interview in search of the house. Michael maintains that she left the house at midnight and he was just really tired, which is why he looks like shit. Then he heads for Patrick Bowen's cottage, Bridget's father, who is completely inconsolable, but he stays the party line like a fucking moron. <laughs> Thank you, Republicans. God bless America. Thank you for your duty, you dumb fucks. Okay, sorry. 
This makes Egan more certain that something is fucking up. And so he waits until the house is empty later that night and lets himself back in through a bedroom window. Note to self, if you're ever expecting the police to break in your home, check your bedroom windows. His second search of the house, he finds the recently cleaned fireplace and a burned nightdress. Jazz hands. Bridget's body gets discovered on 22nd of March, near the bog where Michael left it. And look, I'll spare you a lot of the details. Suffice to say, her entire torso gets burned. And that's what killed her. Either from the smoke inhalation or the sheer destruction of her internal organs beforehand. That's it. That's the medical facts. It's honestly a little too horrible to do the full thing. So, I'm just being honest here. But if you're curious, the coroner details the whole thing out in the court testimony. So, you do you. Ugh. Smelly. Police bury Bridget in the Clonmel churchyard at night. Her grave is unmarked. But speaking of court testimony, pretty much Bridget's whole family gets charged for this crime. In the end, Michael gets convicted of manslaughter and serves 20 years. Patrick, the guy who helped bury her in the woods, gets five years. John Dunn gets three, which I think he probably deserved. The middle Kennedy brothers each get a year and a half. Bridget's dad and the youngest Kennedy get six months. And do you remember good old golden shower Aunt Mary? You mean the woman who supplied her own piss to toss and feet to Bridget? That's the one. That's her. Yeah. Oh, what'd she get? A rock? <laughs> Goose eggs. Ah, eggs again. Zero. Zilch. Nothing. The fuck? Yeah. Really? The judge is like... No years for piss. No no years for piss. That's That's on us, you guys. That's our legal advice. Death and friends. Jen, is that fine? The judge is like, I can't charge this old lady. She's old and a lady. And I think that's pretty anti-feminist of him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, okay. <clears throat> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> She's old and a lady. Je Jesus Christ. There's a lot of fallout from Bridget's case, and it is used as ammunition against Irish home rule for fear that rural Ireland was exactly as superstitious and problematic as the British thought. The judge doesn't help the matter, though, because his closing statements are... The case demonstrates degree of darkness of the mind, not of one person, but of several. A moral darkness, even religious darkness. Thank. Yes, thank, thank you, buddy. Thanks a lot. It's a great job, mm -hmm. Judge. Honestly. Thanks. Uh, if you're wondering about where good old Michael ends up, I've got good news for you. He leaves Port Leash Prison and immigrates to Canada in 1910. Oh, wait, I have bad news for you, because that's all that's all we know about where he does. You it. just have news. Yeah, we just had we had an update. But I hope that Canada was really unbearably cold and that he tripped over every single bump in the road and fell flat on his face Every single day until he died. And if you're wondering how we get modern fairies from Bridget Clear's horrifying 1895 murder, the answer is... We don't. We... we, we honestly, uh, fairies exist in some form in most cultures, going all the way back to the Greeks. But for modern fairies, the cute little devious flying ladies, mainly you can thank English Lit 101 for that. Edmund Spencer and William Shakespeare start to mix them up with nymphs a little. And then in the Romanticism era, we see a return to fairies as these magical beings. But once fairies become synonymous with Tinkerbell via Peter Pan, it's all, it's all over. That's, that's fairies now. 
up? So, you know, shout out to Disney. Rich bastards. Thanks for nothing, Mickey Mouse. And on that note, that's the episode. Special thanks to you, our favorite listener. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A rate and review would also be nice. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Gorilla Jokes. And I'm at It's Nash Flynn. And of course, follow the podcast at Death and Friends Podcast. Want to become an official member of the Skeleton Army? Join us on Patreon. We use it to cover our sound guy's medical bills. In order to properly write medical facts, we expose Dom to all the illnesses and ways to die we talk about on the show. Yeah, so, um, well, we've already set him on fire. No, so we did not set him. him on fire. Did we not we, set him on fire? We didn't set him on fire, Angel. Look at me. We didn't set him on fire. Oh. He left at midnight right. to go somewhere not on fire. So what do I do with all this milk? Just, just drink it. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts already. Yeah, it does. Speaking of Patreon, let's thank our listeners at the Brendan Fraser level. Hey, John. What's up? I hope you're doing well. So check it out at patreon.com slash deathandfriends. We've also got a website now, deathandfriends.org. That's dot O-R-G, because we are committed to making the internet worse. Well, everyone, it's that time of the episode again. See, death is a tricky thing to talk about. So please remember something super important. Ready for this? Hear about this? You are loved. You matter. And if you don't want to be your own friend, we will happily be your friend. I solemnly swear to always hold your hair back while you vomit in the bushes, bestie. Well, thank you, because this milk is already affecting me. Oh, good. Until next time, skeleton army, stay spooky. Love you. Love you. I do. I really do. Oh, God. It's happening. Thank God you don't have hair. This has been a Knavery Inc. podcast. Go to knaveryinc.com for more details. Executive produced by Jacob Duffy Halbleib. Audio design by Dominic Guanzon. Themes and transitions by Amy Doe. The fuck is a knave? Remember this is a comedy podcast? Don't use it in your research papers. I feel like I did an accent or something at the thing. Probably your... Bet you saw the title of this episode. We're like, how are they going to make an entire episode about fairies? Okay. That one. I'm offended by this impersonation <laughs> of myself. Um, <laughs> bet you saw the death. Yo, guys, this place is pretty good. It's pretty great, man. Love bro, love bro. Tons of space. Look at all this verde, fool. Look at all this green, though. It's beautiful, dog. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah, dog. <laughs> I just love the idea that the fairies are, like, aggressively Mexican for some reason. Just very California Mexicans. Yeah. Just, uh, like, hey, bro, have you fucking seen this shit, dog? Hey, I can't whistle. Hey, bring the chiquillas over here. Look, hey, mira, mija, look. Look at all the green. Let's offend some conservative people by casually implying that they had accents and they moved right in. We've already made the KKK Mexican in a previous episode. What if we just made them all Mexican? Like <laughs> every <the> character. <laughs> every character, but then anytime we do an episode in Mexico, they're Irish. The Mexicans. Diddly, diddly, diddly. Death? To ye old BCE. In Irish, they're called the Duan... Oh, fucking Christ. Why did BCE I know? BCE standing for Big Cock Energy. I know. I wasn't going to be able to do this. Death? 
Irish folklore is full of stories about fairies in the I ring. I feel like I went real hick towards the end of there. And like, well, don't, even, don't even do it, brother. I'm telling you right now, don't go near that house until you want to get your shit fucked. I like it when you do a right. country accent. You sound like the crazy uncle from Duck Dynasty. I'm I'm okay with That's how, I mean, I don't know where they're from, but I know that like hicks from East Texas sound. They're very high pitched. Mm. Because that's how my dad sounds. And like his his American accent is like an East Texan one. Like it's weird because he's like very Mexican. He's like, hola mijo, como estas? And then the moment he starts speaking English, he's like, nah, I'm, tell- I'm telling you something, brother. All right. I mean. Amazing. It's the worst. Death? Well, it's not even only the fair. What the fuck? <laughs> Sentences. No, I can no. construct you went, them. <laughs> it's not even the wall. wall, wall, wall. <laughs> Shit. We got this. All right, let's go. We don't got this. Death? Anyway, the Catholic... Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, The woman is out here like, who, who, why did I get that idiom? And nobody eat my ass, please. And now it's like, Jesus Christ. Welcome to my midlife crisis. It's all over the place. It's all over everyone. It's Mm -hmm. terrible. Is that why you're wearing a tank top and a beanie? Yes. This is the -hmm. the fit. (laughs) You can't see this right now, but Nash looks like she plays bass for a Blink-182 cover band. <laughs> I mean, we started this with a different thing that I look like. This is true. So am I a fuckboy or did I go to a Blink-182 cover band? I don't think you understand who plays for a Blink-182 <laughs> cover band. Death? Ruh-roh, Shaggy. Ruh-roh, Shaggy. Ruh-roh. I'm trying to do it. Do it I'm in the Irish Ruh-roh. accent. <laughs> Ruh-roh, Shaggy. <laughs> Yeah, that's what because that's what they do with Scooby Doo. They translate it yeah. to Irish accents. Yep. All right, gang. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna split up. Well, now you're Scottish. Is that Scottish? We're gonna do. We're, this is you what we're gonna do. You can't change your feet. <laughs> Listen to me, Shaggy. We're gonna find the monster. We're gonna figure this shit out. You just got to listen to me. Uh, the ancient clans of Scotland, <laughs> just right. the members of the mystery machine. Uh, <laughs> Rut roll, Shaggy. All right, I'm done trying. All right, <laughs> I'm a doctor, man. Okay, I'm done. All right. Death. Uh, uh, oh, Dom, I'm really sorry, dude. I forgot that you're listening. <laughs>